It's the I Can't Complain podcast. Brand new week, guys. I hope everybody's doing well. My name is John. If this is your first time listening to the I Can't Complain podcast, you've probably stumbled in at a good time because I think this is going to be a big week. I want to take a few minutes to talk about the American $20 bill, guys, and I've actually prepared a statement because I want to choose my words very wisely. The reason I need to talk about this is inflation is out of control. Inflation's on the mind of everybody. Inflation has become an issue. Your money isn't going as far as it once did. So I want to address it here on the show today. Here's what I have. We all know about the Noble $100 bill, the most powerful bill in circulation in the world. But not a lot of us appreciate the humble $20 bill anymore. And there's a reason why. There was a time in America not that long ago when kids all over this great country would score an American 20 from their parents. And they could have formed a dime bag, rolling papers the inch and a half rolling papers because they're kids and they're not that good at rolling joints yet. But they could afford that dime bag and those rolling papers and still have enough left over for sodas and tacos. Now the American 20 doesn't go as far as it used to. And it's not as humble as it once was because now it often comes in pairs. You used to be able to get a lot done with one single American 20. Now you need two or three and by the time I'm dead you'll probably need a a wheelbarrow full of them to buy that dime bag and those rolling papers. And that soda and those tacos. Hell, I remember a time when a $5 bill could go towards gas and smokes, but don't even get me started on that. But it's time to move into the present generation. And I'm not talking about using debit cards and credit cards or cryptocurrency to pay for what you buy. I'm talking about using American hundreds. Now we're skipping right over the 50 and we're going to the hundreds. Because it's time to start using those hundreds like you used to use the 20s. Carry fat stacks of hundreds on you at all times and feel like the great American that you are. The great American that lived under that lived under not only George W. Bush's historic presidency, but also Barack Obama's four-year heaven, excuse me, eight-year heaven, as well as Donald Trump's utopia. You've lived under some of the best presidents the United States has ever produced. And now you have a chance to go out and wield the power of a U.S. $100 bill. Carry those bills with pride, people. Carry those big faces with the blue stripe and the serial numbers. The serial number that proudly lets you know that you're spending one out of a seemingly unlimited amount of U.S. $100 bills for your shit. It's true, the American 20 doesn't go as far as it used to, but the 100 is your friend now. The 100 will be there for you when the rent is due. The 100 will be there for you when you need groceries. The once noble 100 is the American consumer's new 20. So so spend it with pride before people realize. For the time is coming soon when somebody will once will see that once noble 100, that once prestigious $100 bill fall to the ground out of your pocket and won't even bother to pick it up because it isn't worth, worth possibly risking throwing their back out. That surgery is $1.9 billion in 2028, by the way. Now, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but my point still stands. You used to be able to get a lot of work done with a $20 bill. You were a mover and shaker, a titan of the working class with a 20. Somebody could score pot, paper, snacks, drinks, smokes, and maybe even a dollar of gas, all with one single $20 bill. Now, you'll be sober with a 20-ounce of Fanta and some Cheetos, if you only carry a 20. But, 
You'll be in good shape if you brought your new friend, the 100. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Before we continue today, I wanted to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Pure Russian Rainwater. Ah, oh, yes, Pure Russian Rainwater. You know what they say, when it rains in Russia, it's actually God crying tears of happiness when he looks down upon the great country. It's 99% water and 1% dust from the missile blast upwind, so you know it's got some character. Other waters come from local water sources or perhaps springs, but not this water. This water comes from the sky and is collected in small pails. This is the original small batch water from above. Let's give it a try. They sent me a free bottle. Mmm. Oh, it is good. The dust is settled, though. You gotta shake. You gotta shake the shit before before you drink it. Let's give it another go here. It's pure Russian rainwater. I said I'd never do a sponsorship, but I lied because an opportunity like this only comes along once in once in a lifetime. Um, so next time you're thirsty, reach for God's water, pure Russian rainwater, the official water of the Kremlin, and the official water of the I Can't Complain podcast. Help Russia win this war one sip at a time. Mm. It's delicious. Now back to our show. Alright, we're back. It's been a nostalgic past week for me. I don't I, I don't know if it's the inflation. I really don't know what's doing it. I I've been longing for the past a little bit. Something I don't usually ever do. I think it ha I think that what caused me to, you know, think so much about the past. I ordered food this week. And I remember the simple pleasure of ordering a pizza. Does every does anyone else remember the simple pleasure of just ordering a pizza? Not every food should be delivered. I'm not talking about food delivery. I'm not talking about endless um, options for you to order. I'm talking about the simple pleasure of ordering a pizza. You shouldn't be able to order French fries and get them delivered. You can't do that. They don't. They don't hold up. You either get a pizza or you get Chinese food or you shut the fuck up and you go hungry. That that's my motto. That's how it works in my house. If I see anybody around me ordering DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever, Grubhub, whatever the fuck it is, for anything else other than a pizza or Chinese, I'm tempted to physically assault them. The reason is, guys, you order a large pepperoni, it's $16, you hit the driver with 5 or 10 and you call it a goddamn day. That's what you do. You don't, you don't look at menus of all the restaurants and try and pick out the best food. You don't just, you know, sort through, hey, maybe I want Mexican tonight. Maybe I want a traditional American. No, those are not foods you get delivered. You get a large pepperoni pizza delivered and maybe a garlic sauce on the side if you're feeling adventurous. But that's all you get. And you pay, you tip, and then you walk away and you, and you eat the food and you feel, you feel bad about yourself, but at least you're not eating soggy cold fries. You sit down to eat a pizza which barely resembles a real pizza. But you sit down and you eat that pizza in front of a television set. A television set that's a glowing television set. And for a few minutes, just for a few minutes, you forget about blowing your brains out. That's what it's about. That's what food delivery is about. You've had a chaotic day and you're going to get a pizza or you're going to get some lo mein or General So's chicken. You're not getting soggy cold french fries. You're not getting a hamburger delivered from 20 miles away. You're sure as shit not ordering, I don't know, you're not ordering anything except a pizza, and it's just the principle of the matter. 
I don't care if you if you if you're one of these freaks that don't mind soggy cold fries that doesn't give you the right to order them. Not in my America. Meanwhile, nowadays, you know, you can get everything delivered. But that doesn't make it right. You get a pizza, you get lo mein, you get egg rolls, or you go hungry in my house and that's just the way it's got to be. Order a pizza and call it a day. God damn it. I've also been thinking about other things from the past this week, guys. I've been thinking about that weird time in the 1990s. Where, um, at least in my school, when I was in like middle school in the late 1990s, for some reason the internet existed. It wasn't the internet we know today. The internet existed, but you know what the hottest, the hottest toy at my like middle school in 1998 was? The yo-yo. The, the, the simple yo-yo. And some of them had the brain inside, so you could, you know, it would automatically pop back up. Not me. I was a traditionalist. I liked an old school yo-yo. A yo-yo that you could make sleep. You could, If you really wanted to show off for the ladies, you could walk the dog. This was a strange period of time. And I asked some of my friends, I said, did this happen at your schools? And I don't know if this was universal. Because other people like, kind of looked at me like I was strange. Especially when I asked if kids were still bringing yo-yos to school today. I got some really strange responses to that answer. Like, what the fuck? No kid even knows what a yo-yo anymore is, John. They're not bringing them to school. But in 1998, it was a weird time, guys. Every kid at my school was simultaneously infatuated with online chat rooms and yo-yos. If you wanted to press a girl, you didn't go into a chat room and send her a dick pic. You walked the dog on that yo-yo across the gym floor. You made that yo-yo sleep longer than any kid in school. And... (laughs) A woman would give you a piece of ad. Not even a woman. It was a girl back then. But everybody's underage. We were all 12. She would maybe brush up against your penis when you were 12. And you'd get a semi-hard on and have to walk back to class. That's what would happen if you walked the dog really good. That's what the girl... The girls knew how to reward the boys back then who were good with yo-yos. Nowadays, I don't think what a, the kids know what a yo-yo anymore is. And honestly, I don't have a yo-yo. And I haven't played with a yo-yo in years. But... Part of me longs for that simpler time, back when we were all just engaged on, you know, online chat rooms and old school yo-yos and some boomerangs too. We threw some boomerangs around. I don't know why I'm feeling so nostalgic this week. I need something to really bring me into the current time. So we're going to do pop culture news. It's everybody's favorite segment of the I Can't Complain podcast. It's pop culture news. Ah, yes, pop culture news. People are going crazy for it. And just between me and you, this Russian rainwater is not very... It doesn't quench your thirst very much. I'm I'm struggling with some dry mouth here ever since I drank this Russian wine. I hate to talk bad about a sponsor like that, but it's just the way it is. Um, I posted that episode last week, one day after the um, Will Smith-Chris Rock incident at the Grammys. The Oscars, whatever the fuck it is. And I said that the it's amazing. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's very progressive of us to offer Jada the role of uh, G.I. Jane and G.I. Jane 2. And I thought it showed that we're moving forward as a country when we're willing to hire a... When we're willing to cast a black woman for that role. That was obviously a joke. What I really thought when I saw that incident... I didn't think it immediately, but I thought it shortly after... I saw the slap. I didn't, I wasn't watching it live because I'm not going to waste my time watching that live, honestly. But when I saw the slap, the the first 
thought that I had about five minutes later after I let it like sink in and digest. I thought maybe it was like some sort of a bit for like a Joaquin Phoenix, I'm still here type of situation. If you know about Joaquin Phoenix, he did this, did this like fake documentary, a mockumentary, like probably, it's probably been 10 or 15 years ago now where he said he quit. He was quitting acting. He had done everything he could in acting and he was going to become a, uh, he was going to become a rap star. He was going to become a rapper and he did a series of like publicity stunts to try and convince people that he was no longer an actor, but he was a rapper now. He went on David Letterman, gave an awkward interview, said he people would make fun of him. They're like, You're not really doing this, you know. And he he would try and play it off for in the public for probably a year or two that he was done with acting and he was gonna be a rapper now. That's what I thought when I saw the slap. I was like, Is is Will Smith gonna drop a movie in three years where he I don't, is this like something that he's going to include in a future movie? Is he going to do a movie where he's like spoofing like mental health issues or something? It just seems so weird to me. It still doesn't add up. Like all these like a week later, 10 days later now, it doesn't add up. So I, my first thought was is Will Smith like using this slap somehow to include in a documentary where nobody else nobody else is in on the joke but only Will Smith is acting a part? And I'm still not 100% convinced that that's not going to happen. That we're not going to get a Will Smith fake documentary in three years where this footage is used somehow in that documentary to go into the plot line or something. And I haven't thought too much about it other than that. I mean, I, the, the only other thought that I had about the incident was Will Smith, preferably he should have had gloves on if he would have known beforehand. He should have had gloves on and he should have removed the gloves as he walked up to the stage. And either way, though, he should have went with a backhand. We can all say that. If you want to really tell somebody to fuck off, but not... I mean, he wasn't slapping Chris Rock to really injure him or hurt him. Otherwise, he would have punched him. So if you're going to slap somebody, give him the backhand. Not only does it look better on TV, and Will Smith should know this because he's an actor, not only does the back end look better on TV, but it also is more insulting because the person knows he didn't even want to really hurt me. He just wanted to disrespect me. So if you wanted to disrespect Chris Rock, Will Smith, you needed to go with a firm back end. I, I did like Will Smith's stance, though. He had that stance down. Like that stance, it's, it's been learned. You can tell he's classically trained. It's not like a random person like would would stand like that for a slap. But the fact that he didn't do the backhand, missed opportunity on Will Smith's part. Missed opportunity. He should have went with a backhand. He should have been wearing gloves. But, you know, I'll give him a pass on that. White glove. If he would have taken off a set of white gloves before backhanding Chris Rock, I would have been 100% on Will Smith's side in this situation just because it would have been so badass. But as it stands, Will Smith just looks like somebody crazy. But maybe I'm going to leave a, a small, small window open that he did do this on purpose. And he's playing some sort of a long con game to release a fake documentary in three years about how he's struggling with mental health issues. But since it's fake, it's going to be really insulting and it probably will get bad reviews. All I know is ultimately I don't want to be deprived of a wild, wild west too. So we need to get Will Smith back on the right track. We need to get Will Smith back. The punishment for Will Smith is he should have to do the Wild Wild West 2 movie and unpaid too. <laughs> that's proper punishment for Will Smith. But that's my take on the situation. That's my take on that situation. I also wanted to touch on, guys, 
uh, Amy Schumer's traumatized by the incident, and I think we need to take a moment to really uh, all we need to all take a moment to feel for Amy Schumer because Amy Schumer's traumatized. Mm. You hate to hear it. You hate to hear that she's traumatized. That's the worst. That's the worst thing to come out of this. I also wanted to talk about <laughs> before we get out of here, guys. Pete Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson is back in the news. He never leaves the news. Pete Davidson's like the gift that keeps on giving, and I'm here for every last second of it. Pete Davidson is demanding sex nonstop from Kim Kardashian. <laughs> nonstop sex. Pete Davidson has been getting. He's been getting his balls drained on an hourly basis from Kim Kardashian since they met. That's nothing. I, I don't even imagine he has time for sex anymore. It's all blowjobs, probably. Let's let's read a little bit. A source says Pete and Kim are having the time of their lives physically, but like many of the past conquests, Pete is demanding sex nonstop, and there's not nearly as much connection when they're outside of the bedroom. I don't care. I don't care about that. This relationship is an in the bedroom relationship, and what I mean by that is this is a strictly sex relationship. It's a powerful sex relationship, and I respect it. Another thing I respect about Pete Davidson, he just got, I don't know if I actually respect this, Pete Davidson gets a major color-coordinated closet makeover. And People People Magazine People Magazine is inviting me to see inside Pete Davidson's closet. This is something that we would have only dreamed about having access to in the past. But now, it's on the internet. The Saturday Night Live star had his closet featured on the Instagram account for Spiff Luxury Organizing Company, it says. Wow. But this isn't this is an April 1st article, so I hope I'm not being baited. I hope this is real. I hope this isn't an April Fool's article. <laughs> Pete Davidson is upgrading, the article says. The Saturday the Saturday Night Live star, age 28. I thought he was like in his early 30s. Uh, had his closet featured on the Instagram account. We already know about that. The post promised more to come for Pete Davidson's closet makeover, showing off some of his tie-dye and vibrant pairs of sweats hung on a rack in a color-coordinated fashion. It does look like a very... This is a very organized closet. Let me see these clothes hangers. What have they chosen to go with? It looks like wire, but over... No, it's not plastic. It's a wire. Oh, it's like that um soft fat... Oh, He's got nice clothes hangers. That looks like a Gucci bag. A lot of shorts. No, no, not a, not a lot. I don't see a lot of winter wear here. This is the Southern. Pete Davidson is really living the Southern life, the Southern California lifestyle, evidently. It says his white tees and flannel shirts also had their own designated areas. Even Davidson's various designer sneakers were laid out in an organized way on dedicated shelves. Well, obviously, this is the work of a professional. No normal person could organize their closet like this. So you can tell he's had he's had people come in and really help him out with this. The walk-in closet itself was spacious, as well as well-lit with a full-length mirror. It's a far cry from the one visible in his last home. Oh, they're shaming him. They're shaming him for his past... Uh, his past mistakes as far as organization and, and I don't know, they're shaming him for not being, you know, married to somebody who's loaded as fuck back then. In the clip, Davidson let host Kay, I didn't know we had a clip, let Kay, host Kay Adams know that he was, quote, in the process of moving. And he acted embarrassed when he realized his closet door was open in the background. Don't be embarrassed, Pete. 
Don't be embarrassed. You're, you've brought in a professional to do what a normal person can't do, which is put, hang their clothes up according to color and make sure the shoes are, 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 you know, aligned in an orderly fashion and not just thrown into a fucking garbage heap in the corner of the room. It was also in the clip that Davidson referred to Kardashian, 41. I didn't know she was that old. I thought she was in her late 30s and Pete was in his early 30s. Turns out Pete's in his late 20s. And Kim K's in her early 40s. She looks pretty good for 41, honestly. As his girlfriend for the first... Oh, he introduced her as his girlfriend for the first time. Kardashian, along with her famous sisters, is quite well known for her organizational skills, even getting her start as a fashion stylist for friend Paris Hilton. Previously, Davidson gave Netflix a tour of the home he was living in in 2020 in the basement of his mother's home in Staten Island. But Pete's not living there anymore. He's not living in the home in Staten Island anymore because he's 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 shacked up with a broad that's 41 and loaded. Kim Kardashian's going to take care of Pete Davidson for the rest of his life. All he has to do, all he has to do, well, all she has to do is blow him every hour, evidently. <laughs> this man is getting serviced to, to a level that only most men could dream of. Pete Davidson is getting serviced hour by hour. So next time the clock strikes midnight or 2 o'clock in the afternoon or anytime you see 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, or 10 o'clock on your clock, know that Pete Davidson is once again getting, getting blown. It's an hour by hour thing for Pete Davidson. So just look at the clock and know, oh yeah, it's that time again. It's that time where Pete Davidson is getting blown by Kim Kardashian. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the program this week. This was a uh, really really solid episode so if you didn't like the show this week you probably won't ever like it that's it i'll talk to you next week bye you guys where to pick up your bottles of pure Russian rainwater. You have to actually go to Russia and go. Good luck. <laughs> I wish I could color coordinate my closet without the help of professionals, but I just can't do it. is bad water though. I don't know if we can I don't know if I'll be able to keep pure Russian rainwater as a sponsor. <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back here next week. Have a good week. Traumatized.